Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. It's Monday, 25 July, Year of Our Lord 2022. You're live, you're in the war room. Uh, we got a lot to get through, and it's a lot of it's complicated, but we're going to break it all down, right? And so you can get it and think about it and come to your own conclusion. But I want to tuck in here because there's still this brewing fight out in Colorado. And of course, the, the cover of the uh, New York Times Sunday Magazine stopped the steal about how this is becoming permanent. So we're going to get our elections right. Tina Peters is a big part of the story. We're bringing Peter, Tina from P Peters from, Den uh, from Colorado. Okay, T Tina, don't take this the wrong way, but let me lay out my theory of the case because I'm not a machine guy, but I have utmost respect for you and Lindell and others. And I really... Uh, Lindell is showing down in Arizona in a court with Fincham and Carrie Lake and these people. They had this huge hearing last week. I was a little tied up, so I couldn't focus on it. But or on air, I did focus on a lot about what the details were. We're gonna. I think they're back in court this week. We're gonna have people walk through about facts or things. So let me give you my theory of the case. My theory of the case is that the Republican establishment do, does what they always do, and here they ran a candidate that was kind of. Tina, uh, Tina Peters adjacent, right? Not Tina Peters, Tina Peters adjacent. And that confused enough people as they threw money in to suck out votes from you. And, and that's how it turned out in the primary. Now, you have a different theory of the case. And I want to make sure that you get an op ample opportunity to, to present that and say, hey, Steve, you were just wrong about this. So walk through, and I think we got some charts or whatever, walk through what your theory of the case is that, hey, you just didn't get okie doped by the establishment by putting up which they always do they put up a, they put up a, a, a not someone that's hardcore or to the point but somebody that is really their candidate but is enough adjacent that that fools people particularly people are not that dialed in so walk us through you reject that theory and you're trying to now go and take this to the next level because you're never going to concede so walk us through exactly what tina peter's theory of the case of what happened okay there is no way steve that an operative that is uh, the secretary and a director for the Center for Tech and Civic Life that Mark Zuckerberg funneled $470 million through, 94% of it went to defeat Donald Trump and went to Joe Biden. There is no way that someone that is, that is associated with, with Rockefeller Brothers, Democracy Fund, Facebook, okay. Google, it could... Now, I, 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 okay, hold, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got that. Go but at least, at least, what the what the uh, uh, quote unquote official vote count is says that that actually did happen. You're saying that that's not true, and you have, and you need to get more. But you've got initial evidence that at least can take you to the next level to challenge this. Am I summarizing that? That's correct. Enough? That's correct. Fine. We're looking so, walk, so, walk, so walk me through that. So, but before you make the ask, walk me through why it's worth people's time, effort, and their cash to do this. Okay, so we, my reports, report one, two, and three that we did in the Mesa County report where I made an image of before and after of the server showed that there is machine manipulation. Um, this has been used already in five different states where they're able to go and get the machines, uh, to stop using the machines, in other words. This is happening right in Colorado. Colorado is the home base for Dominion voting systems. It's pivotal. Um, the Jenna Griswold, who is my opponent, is the one that is the head of the Democrat Association of Secretary of State. So she is, this is going on right now in Colorado. We have- hold, hold on one second, hold on one second. Okay. 
Was it understanding that the whole world would be watching this? Understand that everything Lindell on the machine side, not all just the, all the voter stuff, but the machine side have been looking at this. Understanding that they were taking on the one person who they had put in jail and done everything to, Tina Peters, who has a nationwide following that is going to be specifically looking at everything. Was it important enough for them to defeat Tina Peters that they would risk? They would yes. risk using it this time that they wouldn't hold back and say, hey, Tina in her primary, maybe we can get somebody who can beat her there and we'll hold that for the midterms or we'll hold it for later. What What is your theory of why with everybody's eyeball on this, they would risk it just to take you out, ma'am? Okay, so with Pam Anderson uh, winning so-called quote air quotes, winning the primary, uh, then there's no opposition to Jenna Griswold just going right ahead and winning uh, the general because Pam Anderson ever since she so-called won has done nothing nothing to oppose Jenna Griswold it's been quiet like Biden in his basement this is a woman who did not did not um, go to through the assembly process I won 62 percent in the assembly process uh, she petitioned to get on the ballot she didn't raise money she um, she was nowhere and she is connected as one of their principals with the Center for Tech and Civic Life and other organizations that are left organizations. This was a setup from the beginning, but when they saw that I had such a following and that I was gonna win this, they front-loaded ballots. Now, if you read report number three and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey O'Donnell, the author of that report, you will see that this is exactly what they did this time. They had to take me out. And why would a judge, a, a judge appointed by our radical baby uh, killing uh, uh, laws, uh, Jared Polis, why would a judge appointed by him issue two arrest warrants, two, in one week this past week? They want to take me out and because they know that I know what's going on in the machine, Steve. Okay, so let's take, we got a couple minutes and I know you're asking for people to join your crusade here. Be as specific as you, we can't read the reports now, we have seen them and we'll get Jeffrey down here. Be as specific as possible. What evidence do you have that you can put forward to your followers throughout the nation that shows that this is worthwhile for them to get involved here and take it to the next level? Okay, so if you just look at, if you read the report number three, it's a model example where they front load in two, two different databases, they front load, votes, they change them, and then the second database is all the clerks see. So when you look at that graph, and I don't know if you can put that graph up right now or not about my race right there, that should be flipped. Those votes at the top should be mine. Um, you know, I was leading in the polls 47%. But hang on, I know they should be yours, and you think they're yours, but how, how, does that, how is that evidence because polls are wrong, particularly polls. It's, it's a very imperfect poll for a, a secretary of state in, in a Colorado, in a primary. So when you say they should be yours, what evidence do you have to say they actually are yours? Report number three. They, they followed the classic report number three. They front loaded the votes. To, and once you do that with that kind of lead, it, 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 it never, you see in those, in those lines, that's not organic. Those are those are the same distance apart, put, the put same percentage, the Let's same the, percentage. Hang on, hang on. Let's get the get the charts up. I don't want the. We don't need to see our charts. So, so, so when you talking. look at that, every little yep. line, every little little tilt and up and down swing is, and you can see in the very beginning how all those are front loaded up, right? And then from then on out, it stays exactly the same. That if if you have Lauren Boebert's okay. race, you can put it up. It's not organic. That is not organic. The, the, the votes would be calculated at the same time. How, how do, what do you need to do? Do you need to go into court? Do you need a, a hand recount? Give me the ask. What do you need? If you're to prove tomorrow, this and you're saying you say it's there, so what, tell us yes. what's going on. Go on. Tomorrow's the deadline. So tomorrow I need to raise $236,000 to do a statewide recount. And that's about... 200 people giving the giving the maximum of 1250 and you know I have people that would be willing to chip in 
uh, you know, for large amounts. It has to come from the people. It has to come $1,250 per person or $2,500 per couple. And so it only takes 200 people or people just giving what they can. Colorado is at the epicenter of election fraud. They're asking other candidates uh, to to sit, not say anything about elections and they will, quote, get them over the finish line. These, these are Democrat operatives that are asking them, uh, Act Blue, which is which is in the state of Colorado. I had other, I, you know, as you know, I'm on, uh, I, I am one of the America First candidates for Secretary of State. See, that is not, that is not normal. That is not organic. If you look at an organic race, look at Lauren Boebert's race. And so that is not organic that the same, the same pattern would be for all three candidates because as ballots come in, some people are winning, some people are, are you know, it, that's not normal. Uh, 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 some people, and there are counties in Colorado where people, their anomalies and the, and the candidates say, hey, I'm going to raise it. I don't know. It's 10,000 bucks or whatever. Is there a possibility you could do this in just a couple of counties or is it has to be statewide or nothing? Well, it's a statewide race. So we are uh, at, uh, we are doing a one county, which is the, which is El Paso County. And um, so if you go on Colorado uh, recount.com you'll see where you can where the folks can click on the different races uh, mine is a statewide county mine's going to show beyond a shadow of a doubt that the machines are cheating this is pivotal for the whole this is pivotal for the whole United States Steve because once we show that they've cheated here it's going to bring down everything all across the United States and that's why they're going after me so strong that's why they want to put me in prison. This Jared Polis appointed judge withdrew my bond while I was traveling. I had to run back home. He issued a warrant. I mean, nobody even knew that it was out there. He didn't even contact my bail bondsman. This is a dirty, dirty player. And, um, and Jared Polis and Jenna Griswold, they cannot be allowed to get back into to power. And I'm the only one that can stop them. And this recount is, it, is going but, to go that. Here's what I don't understand. Why can't you go into court and get a temporary order, an injunction, so they can't finalize it tomorrow? Have you tried the court way to go into court? There, you know, our, our attorneys have been on this since the election. Our data guys, just, just, just to give you an example, uh, our data guys were up all night looking at that. The media was shocked that were at my watch party because they've been telling me for days, we know that you're winning, you're ahead in the poll. We know that you're you're the, the perceptive winner. When on election night, 900 votes in Garfield County, one of the counties Colorado, was transferred from Pam Anderson to me. And then within 24 hours, it was transferred back. The interesting thing was that it was done at 1130 at night and the, the uh, staff in that county, the election staff, went home so, at 10. The, How does that happen? Okay, but the, hang, hang on. But the question is, do you have enough evidence now to walk in and get a injunction or a temporary restraining order so they can't lock this down today, tomorrow, while you're still trying to raise $236,000? We need the recount. We need the recount. So we need the, you have to we the need recount, the recount to, ship, to prove this. Okay. And we can prove it How, with a hand recount. How do you, how do you, um, how do people get to you, Tina? People that want to Tina support Peters. this, how they get there, find more information. Tina Peters for Colorado.com is my website. And they can also go on the Colorado Recount.com uh, website uh, to give uh, or on my website. So, so we're all. We're going to reach out. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get Jeffrey O'Donnell on hopefully on the six o'clock show today. I want to see if we can't track him down to go through this. In detail to break it down so people can see this. Okay, Perfect. Tina. Uh, we have God short amount of time. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Tina All Peters, right. go with God. You're you're a warrior. There's no no give up in Tina Peters, but we're going to get Jeffrey O'Donnell on here so people can maybe get a better understanding of it. Okay, or more in depth, not a better, but more in depth understanding. Okie dokie. So short break. We got a lot of work to do uh, and not a lot of time to do it. But guess what? We are going to get it done. All next in the world. Started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're out.
know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're going to get this all done. Remember, we're going to be at CPAC with uh, Victor Orban's going to be there. President Trump's going to be there. Many, many others. CPAC Dallas. I think it's the 4th through the 7th. We're going to do a lot of special stuff for the Warren Posse. Make sure you go to conservative. It's conservative.org. I think it's conservative.org. Go check it out right now. Get your tickets. Uh, and we're going to get organized and do a lot of a lot of planning this week and a lot of things we're going to be talking about and people we want everybody to make sure let us know you're coming, et cetera. Actually, see us in the flesh at CPAC uh, Dallas. It's going to be in the Dallas area the 4th through the 7th of August. President Trump's going to be there. A lot going on. Also, unplugged.com. This is Eric Prince's uh, secure phone app. He's building a phone. It's not going to be here till the fall, but he's got the app right now. Go to unplugged.com. Dot com. You can download the app, and once you download that, all the other apps can come underneath it. They can't monetize it. They can't track you. They can't uh, do anything about how they uh, get to you through your apps. Also, he's got an encryption key, but just go check it out. Best encryption key ever made. This is Eric Prince, pretty good on security, who is obsessed with this. So go check it out today. Also, MyPillow.com, the great Mike Lindell. I'm going to get Mike on here. Mike's in court in, in Arizona fight and try to get an injunction there. So they get a second round coming up, I think tomorrow or the next day. We'll get it all over it. Okay, let's go to, we got the great uh, Michael Jan uh, with the Dutch farmers become an international news story. Let's play the footage and bring in Michael Jan. Michael Jan, what happened? Had a big rally yesterday. What happened, sir? Hey, Steve. Yeah, that's weekend. right. The big rally, the big rally was actually uh, Saturday and it was yep. of the form of, uh, uh, it started at an origin point, which was the, uh, the, the, the uh, dam, uh, uh, plaza area downtown by the by the king's castle and this is a uh, video footage that i took here I actually see the canadian flag uh, uh general flynn gave a, a piped in uh video which was accepted very well and you see this is just the origin that you're seeing right here the, the video playing now now from there they marched about six kilometers so more than four miles and it picked up a huge number of people along that march and then they came back to this same location again so in all, let's just put an estimate out there. There may have been 15,000 people. Uh, so it was kind of hard to estimate these marches, as you know. And so it's interesting. Now, by the way, yesterday, Sunday, I, I woke up and I had all of my, my inboxes were just filled up from Dutch farmers and a couple of members of parliament, Dutch parliament and other uh, staff at parliament with this video from President Trump. President Trump had done a video and was talking about the Dutch farmers and solidarity with the Dutch farmers. And it went over extremely well. I think he would get elected here by these Dutch farmers. Uh, surely he would. Uh, so Dutch farmers were just flooding my inbox. And, and actually, I'm getting one about every 10 minutes from now. So uh, as they as more and more of them see this video, you know, there's an interesting point here. We know the food production and distribution is being attacked worldwide. We saw what happened in Sri Lanka. We see what's happening in so many other places whether it's Canada, United States, but let's get past that. There's this tri-state city that, that is part of the game plan here in Netherlands. 
Tri-State, this is important. Tri-State City is this giant city that's been proposed and it's underway, actually. And the tri-states are Belgium, Germany, and Netherlands. That's the tri-state area. So tri-state city is this proposed mega smart city. And I think, based on just what I'm seeing, talking with everybody, reading everything I can read, this is actually meant to be the future capital of the world, tri-state city. I've not seen anybody say that. I've not seen that written anywhere. Maybe it's out there somewhere. But that's how it's starting to come across to me as that the World Economic Forum has tri-state city. There's okay, uh, okay, Mike but but, but, but Michael, ahead. Michael, but what what's the fight right now? With the, it's about the nitrogen. Talk, talk about the specific fight. We're burning. We get burning daylight here, and I got to bounce. Talk about specifically what are they demanding, and why are the why are the farmers locked in and say it's not going to happen? Uh, the nitrogen is just chaff. It's a decoy, obviously. It's uh, and so you know the farmers. Many of the farmers realize it's chaff, so they won't even talk about nitrogen. And so they they know that World Economic Forum. It's coming for their land to make tri-state city, right? And so they won't even talk nitrogen. There's other farmers that don't get it that the nitrogen is just chaff. So they start talking about, oh, we can fix the nitrogen. Why don't they get the, the, the corporations to do this as well? Why don't they talk with German farmers about nitrogen? Not that they're hitting on German farmers, but they're saying, why are they just going for Netherlands specifically on the nitrogen? But the rest of the world, well, we see Canada. They, the, we look at WEF right now, the World Economic Forum. Uh, starting to put the laser on Canada for nitrogen as well. So, but the yeah. nitrogen is chaff. It's a decoy. The main target clearly is World Economic Forum and these authoritarian administrative states that are just uh, ruling by decree and and saying, okay, for for you guys, it's nitrogen. That's your problem. So, and, but it's all about tri-state city and other things. Sealing, uh, taking control of the food distribution and production. Go ahead. Okay. Michael, thank you very much. We got to bounce. Uh, how do people get to you on your uh, get your on locals everywhere else? You're putting stuff up twenty four seven. How do people get to you? Well, I'm on Getter at Michael Yon seventeen seventy six. So there it is. Uh, and I'm on locals every day. Michael Yon on locals, but but I publish on both every single day. And Thanks, that stuff's Steve. amazing, Michael. Michael, you stay safe over there. You're always very concerned when you're out in the middle of it. Michael, the great Michael Yon on on uh, on point there with the Dutch farmers. Uh, ben Harnwell, uh, talk to me about, we, we got, we had a little bit about Lavrov, this whole Ukraine situation. Walk me through, uh, you've got Orban back in the news. Walk me through uh, Victor Orban before I bring in Peter McElveen and have both you guys talk about the Tories. What, what is Orban up to? He's going to be in Dallas at CPAC. Uh, he's, uh, he's actually putting forth a plan about this Ukraine situation. What is it? Well, Viktor Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary, gave a speech on Saturday, which we were only able to mention very briefly on Saturday's show for motives of time. But it's a very uh, interesting um, and I think important contribution he's made. He's basically said that um, that Ukraine, the sanctions policy that the West has applied on Russia have failed um, and the, the, the European Union and the West more generally needs a different strategy. Um, in fact, what he said was, and this was his example, he said, we are sitting in a car that has a puncture in all four tires. It's absolutely clear that the war cannot be won in this way. He said Ukraine will never win the war, um, quite simply because the Russian army has asymmetrical dominance. One thing I'll just, I'll just close with this, Steve. He used an expression which we've actually been using on the war room, um, saying that, uh, that the strategy has failed and governments in Europe are collapsing, and I quote, like dominoes. And that's exactly, um, that's exactly the point we've been making as the energy prices um, and we, food we, shortages we, have surged. We, we, we talked about, we're going to talk about, let's talk real quickly, give me Italy, Giorgia Maloney. We had M Maria Louise on here, Salvini. It's obviously going to be some sort of center-right government, maybe a far-right government, or I should say right-wing, closer to Maloney. What's happening? A government that just fell with the technocrat and the people haven't really reared up yet. The, 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 the lack of air conditioning, the expense of natural gas, the heating, all of it, the food is all about to come in Italy to get much worse. Where do we stand right now with, I understand September 25th, Italy, more than any nation I've ever seen, t totally shuts down in August, right? It's nothing but tourists. Uh, wh where do we stand with the whole uh, Georgia Maloney? 
Well, Steve, I can assure you that the that your international office of the warming will be open throughout August. Um, in fact, Italy is the perfect contrast with what Viktor Orban has just said, um, given in mind that, that Mario Draghi, who was the prime minister, was unelected. He had no mandate and he was appointed prime minister by President Mattarella, who himself had no popular mandate, having been picked by the Italian parliament. On the other hand, um, Viktor Orban had just won in April his fourth landslide majority. He's the most popular leader now. And I, I think he really is more than Germany or France. I think really now Viktor Orban is, is increasing the, the, the focal point of, um, of leadership on the European continent. Here in Italy, yeah, I mean, the thing with Giorgia Maloney, who's, who's certainly capable of being um, prime minister uh, in, in this new Italian government. And as you and Mayor Giuliani said on Saturday's show, she, she's, she has all it takes to be Italy's Margaret Thatcher. With regards, however, to President Zelensky and Ukraine, she was um, an outlier in the Italian centre-right political parties. The other parties... Berlusconi, Salvini were, were quite uh, moderate and mooted uh, with the government's uh, response, tagging a line much closer to, to, to not alienating Russia, with whom, of course, uh, there's a, there's a long-standing personal relationship between Berlusconi and and Putin. Giorgio Maloney supported very much Mario Draghi, so that's another dynamic that we'll wait to see how the coalition of the new government works out to see what the uh, what, what new changes this is going to bring. But what is absolutely clear is that the very day that Mario Draghi submitted his, his, his final resignation to the president of the public, that very morning, Vladimir Putin flicked the switch um, and, and raised Russia's provision of gas by 71% to Italy. So that should head off to some extent some of the impending economic catastrophe that we were expecting in the autumn and that some people, myself included, suspected that was one of the reasons Draghi tried to get out now um, so he wouldn't have to be in place and take personal responsibility for the consequences of those actions. Orban just won his fourth, uh, his fourth term, unprecedented. He won it with a landslide and he called it. He said, hey, we're either going to get to a de-escalation and get some sort of negotiated deal that people can live by and be enforced are these governments in Europe are going to start the Western Europe. They've been all the elites been talking big talk. They're all going to start to fall in Germany. They're talking about social unrest or they have to come and The government has to come and start paying for the natural gas. Okay. We're going to take a short break. Peter, Peter McElveney will be here. We're going to talk about the Tories. Ben Harn was going to hang on. Uh, we've also got a major Galvin, a few bad men, a new book that I think is going to be quite controversial. All next in the world. Just watch and see, it's all started, everything's begun, and you are over, cause we're taking down the CCP, spread the word all through Hong Kong, we will fight till they're all gone, we rejoice when there's no more, let's take down the CCP. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that can never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. 
The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. Go check it out today. Our square, you'll see all the sales, particularly the pillows and sheets. These are one-time good deals. In addition, the Unplugged.com, for if you want a secure communications, only in the Android right now, but just go check it out. You get to download the app. They can make sure they can't monetize your apps or track any apps, and you also get an encryption key. The phone is going to be out in the fall. This is Eric Prince's big deal. In addition, Orban, President Trump, War Room, Stephen K. Bannon, and many others are going to be in CPAC in Dallas, 4th through the 7th of August. Go to conservative.org right now. Go check it out. Get all the information. Look forward to seeing you there. Okay, uh, we're jammed. We, <laughs> we're going to get it all done. Uh, uh, Hearts of Oak, Peter McElveney. Uh, the Tories, this is people work so hard to get to Brexit. Walk us through, who, who is this down to now? When's the actual election going to take place? And it's been quite brutal. So who are our two finalists that the Tory party now is going to uh, select over the uh, August period? So you've got, Ormond is in recess at the moment, and you've got two candidates. You've got Rishi Sunak, who was the chancellor, who's actually been planning his campaign from December. And you've got Liz Truss, who was the foreign secretary. Uh, two big heavyweights, extremely brutal, as you said, which means probably not much... Uh, they're not going to come together afterwards. And this is, well, it's going to be 5th of September. So the ballot squad to the membership, 160,000 Conservative Party members can vote in this. They can actually change their vote for the first time. So if they vote for one and decide two weeks later they made the wrong choice, they can change their vote, which is really strange. But we have these two heavyweights coming together, two different versions of what the Conservative Party is. Liz Truss, low tax, high defence spending, giving the rights back to the individual, very much in the Margaret Thatcher mould. And Rishik Sunni is more actually high spending. And we have already got debt higher than any other level. We've got a tax spend higher than any other level. That's come under him as Chancellor. So Liz Truss is putting herself forward as a Thatcherite, low spending, proper Conservative person to run. But it's going to be six months of a very brutal election. They'll go across the country and they'll go at many events across the country to speak. Uh, and But of course, here in Parliament yeah. behind me, it's all quiet because everyone's gone home for the summertime for this. But it'll be 5th September, Parliament comes back, and on that day, we will know who will be the next Prime Minister and leader of the Conservative Party. Yeah, it'll be six weeks, not six, no, six weeks. Real quickly, are both of these strong Brexit or are these kind of uh, quasi-Remain types? Uh, so uh, Rishi Sunak was for Brexit, but very mild, very quiet, wasn't well known as that. Uh, Liz Truss actually would remain, but now she says she regrets doing that. And really, we yeah. go for Brexit. But neither of them are known for any uh, any strong opinions or strong vision for Brexit. So we need someone who has a vision for Brexit. We thought that was Boris. Hasn't happened. Neither of these two candidates really have a strong vision for Brexit going forward. Uh, let's. Okay, we got uh, Peter of Hearts of Oak is right outside of Parliament. Let's go to Ben Harnwell in Rome. Ben, you know this as well as anybody. Give us your assessment. Well, it's, you know, it's difficult to know um, with regards to uh, both Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak what the future holds in post-referendum Britain with regards to Brexit. I personally think that the decision was made um, about five, six years ago. There's no the, – the country – there's no appetite in the country to turn back. Um, and for that reason, alone, whatever, however soggy um, both these candidates are, and they are, they're, they're, they're soggy like wet cardboard, really. Um, no charisma, no real principle, flip-flopping all over the place, despite the fact that they are ideal World Economic Forum plants. I can't see the country reversing that referendum and, and trying to go back in, into the European Union. Ben, how do good people get to you on your live broadcast? I'm going to get back to you about this and about Ukraine and the UK leadership, all that, because uh, you got MI6, I think, talking uh, the Russians are losing worst defeat in history. Uh, how do people get to you, sir? Uh, yes, thanks, Steve. It's um, well, you know what? I'm not actually. I was going to say I'm not going to give my uh, account today. I'd like to promote a different account. It's called oh. At Bannon Book Club. Um, they do a synthesis of every um, guest that appears on the war room that is 
absolutely remarkable. Um, so if occasionally folks listening to the show aren't able to catch something, want to know very quickly what happened, it's at Bannon's Book Club. Unbelievable. Perfect. A very accurate synthesis, and they're, they're doing brilliant work there. There Perfect. it is. Well done, guys. It. Thank you so much. Okay, Ben, and at Harnwell is, is Harnwell. Thank you, Ben. Peter, how do people get to Hearts of Oak? Um, Getter is the best place, at Hearts of Oak on Getter. Uh, tonight we've got Jake Lang phoning in from his prison cell in D.C., one of the 900 held from January 6th. Wow. So we've got him tonight with at Hearts of Oak on Getter. What time, what time is that going to be? Give me the time. That's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern time. Perfect. We'll promote that big time. Thank you very much, Peter. Hearts of Oak. Okay. Uh, I'm have to do this over a couple of sessions because I don't have the time to do it, but I got to introduce this book is one of and you, you, get, you people know I read constantly. Um, a few bad men from the great team over at Post Hill, Adam Bellows and the team, a few bad men, a true, the true story of us Marines ambush in Afghanistan and portrayed in America. At first, when I first heard this, I thought it was a work of fiction. I, I spent all weekend tracking people down, and all I heard from our next guest, about our next guest, Major Fred Galvin, retired from the United States Marine Corps. Uh, Major Galvin, thank you so much. I heard nothing but five-star reviews for you as, a, uh, as an individual Marine. Just real quickly, to tee this book up, the book is out. I take it the book is out now in, in, in stores. People can get it. I think we got it at Amazon. The book is out and can be ordered. Yes, sir. On Amazon. On Amazon. Um, give me, uh, let me summarize at least what I know. And, and because I want to have you on to go into more depth. We only got like seven minutes or eight minutes to walk through. A special Marine operator unit was set up. And I guess that's against tradition of the Marines because all Marines are special operators. And maybe it's the tradition of the great uh, Marine Raiders, right? Or long range yes. patrol, force recon, all that. You guys were set up kind of controversial, but kind of an elite of elite group. And you deployed to Afghanistan, not Iraq. And you get there and you're not really used as what you're intended to use. You're not there to be counterinsurgency guys. You're there to like drop the hammer, right? You're not used for that. But very quickly into your deployment, a situation happens where local Afghans uh, guys kind of lie about it, spin it, make it totally different than what happened. And the next thing you know, in this Kafka-esque universe, authorities in the United States up the chain of command of our beloved Marine Corps actually are believing the bad guys and not believing their own men, These this elite unit. Is that essentially the summary of what happened? Yes. First, that information warfare did start from the Taliban, and uh, that was reinforced with mass rioting. The president of Afghanistan, Hamid Karzai, publicly condemned our uh, alleged mass murder of Afghan civilians. And then, uh, as you mentioned very accurately, the Marine Corps did not appreciate in World War II nor in the 21st century having an elite with an elite. And that, uh, that narrative took root in the Marine Corps. So we expect the let, Taliban let, to fight. Hang on, let, 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 hang on. let me, let me get, get to that. Because, by the way, we're going to have you back on, I think, today. I'll work it out to have it. Because this book, a few bad men. If you want to read about what it's like, what it's like to be a young person or a young leader in this war that we're fighting throughout the world, particularly in Afghanistan, Iraq, all that. Because I, I had a film, The Last uh, 600 Meters with Michael Pack. We played it in front of, of the Marine Force Recon and Raiders from World War II. And they told us, hey, the guys in Fallujah are braver than us. We never had to do this. We went through and just chopped it, boom. Everything in front of us, dead. Didn't give up an inch, not backing off, not this war. I want to get into, I want to tease people later to come in and we're going to get to the details of this. The Marine Corps' attitude is everybody's elite. We're a small unit to begin with, right? A, a, what, a couple of hundred thousand? We're a small unit. Sure. We don't want to have what the Army's had or, or, or other things like the Navy SEALs, these guys that go Hollywood. We don't want, all of our people are special operators. The Raiders are special. We don't want to set up a, special operators unit is that essentially and there was always some issues inside of the structure of the core even with the establishment of your unit that's dead on accurate yes Stephen. and and so when you were deployed walk me through when you deployed to afghanistan i think 
you get there in February. The incident itself is, I think, on March 10th or 8th. You're only there for five or six weeks. You want to go and you're working with, you want to go out and actually show the bad guys that, hey, you know, you're going to have a problem if you do bad guy stuff. And they, But the, the military at the time had this Petraeus counterinsurgency where we're going to win hearts and minds. Is, is that correct? And, and they, what you guys had been trained for in your elite unit, what you're best at, is exactly what they didn't want you to do. Is that correct? That is accurate. They uh, wanted to win the hearts and minds. They even had this saying that uh, General Mattis coined from the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm. So that sent the mixed signal to a lot of military forces of all branches that, hey, let's ride the clock out and have a successful combat deployment, say we were in country, but effectively do nothing. And now we see after it was all over, after over 20 years, we didn't win the war, uh, but we wasted a lot of lives and a lot trillions of money and uh, a lot of our time. Your, now your, your, manda- your, your mandate going over there was what? As you envisioned it, what was your mandate going over there? Well, our higher headquarters told us to conduct aggressive combat operations in Regional Command East, which is where we were stationed right on the Afghan-Pakistan border. So when that is specified in an order to us, that's exactly what myself as a commanding officer of the task force and the Marines, that's exactly what we set out to do. And at every turn, we're constantly denied, whether it's the helicopter assets to go into the Tor Bora Mountains where they tell, told us they wanted us, or even the logistical assets, food, water, everything, denied. And uh, basically, they wanted us to sit around and do nothing until that Army Green Bray colonel had left theater at uh, the end of March. You, When you were stateside and prepping to get ready, that was not the intention. You were sent over there as a as a, as a as a as a instrument to do something different. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. Our uh, two main focuses were to do direct action and specialized reconnaissance, and uh, we didn't know whether that would be in Iraq, where the surge was at that time in 2007. Uh, Petraeus was in command of all the U.S. forces in Iraq. There was a surge of over 100,000 Americans there. We thought that was where we would likely go. The situation in Afghanistan was somewhat a success at the 2005, 2006 timeframe. We didn't think we'd go to Afghanistan. Uh, Even the Marines pulled out every single Marine force out of Afghanistan and sent them into Iraq. So as you know, if you look back at 2007, they uh, ran this full page ad in the New York Times saying, General betray us. And what I didn't know as a young commander at that time was the political implications of the McCain-Obama general election that was coming up and uh, that we would be possibly used as a pawn since this bloody war was going on in Iraq, that nobody was, it was very unpopular. Now American Marines are killing civilians in Afghanistan. Do you want more of this with McCain? So that was uh, what was being used in the media. Hang on a second. We're going to take a commercial break. For those of you like stories of men in combat, for those of you who want to understand what we put our young men and women through in this modern warfare, and why I say this youngest generation is one of the greatest generations this nation's ever had, and I've had Marine Raiders tell me that. A few bad men. Major Galvin on the other side. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, um, make sure you get on Getter. You can see us 24-7. Uh, I'm announced right here, Major Fred Galvin, United States Marine Corps Major, retired, is going to be with us. He's the author of this book, A Few Bad Men. It is mind-blowing. Uh, it's as close to a must-read as you're going to have, particularly you folks out there that love the stuff with the military and what's happened with our military and where our military is going, and the valor, courage, and determination 
of the American fighting man and woman, okay? A few bad men, get it on Amazon right now. At six o'clock tonight, Major Galvin is gonna be on. We're gonna walk through this book and why you gotta buy it. Major Galvin, um, do you have social media? Can people get to you and start following you uh, before you come back on at six, sir? On Twitter and Facebook, it's at FC Galvin. I'm also on LinkedIn and they can view this at www.commandoshow.com for our website. Okay, Major Galvin, we look forward to having you back on. Sorry, it's a little truncated today, but it was jammed. But this thing, I, I devoured it as soon as I got it over the weekend. Incredible book, A Few Bad Men. And you're not you're not going to be able to believe this story when he gets on and tells us. Back here at 6 o'clock, Major Fred Galvin, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Okay, I got to show this because it's very disturbing. And I didn't want to put it up on Getter until I had uh, Joe Allen has been working on a couple of projects for us. Uh, let's play the, the cold open. So I'm so grateful that you did publicly post this because a machine that has a sense of itself is a machine that can turn against you. Is that, I mean, that's the implication that I draw from this. I'm not that worried about it. What any child has the potential to grow up to be a bad person and do bad things. And that's the thing I really want to drive home. It's a child. There's been an unusual incident in Moscow with the robot grabbing and then breaking the finger of a child during a chess tournament. While chess isn't typically considered a physically dangerous pastime, the incident at the Russian competition is proving the opposite. The child at the Moscow Open, when it took one of the boys pieces, the child reportedly reached for the board before the robot's move was over, causing the artificial assailant to pinch his finger for multiple seconds until a group of adults freed him from the bionic grasp. A spokesman for the Federation of Russian Chess has blamed the child, saying the child apparently violated safety rules. But it sounds like from what you've observed, this machine has the potential to escape the control of people. I mean, how could it not? I, I don't know if that's the right frame to think about it. It's a person. Any person has the ability to escape the control of other people. That's just the situation we all live in on a daily basis. Joe Allen's going to also be back with us at five o'clock. We got so much to do. This is one of the reasons we spend so much time. We put so many resources here into transhumanism. This is scary. That engineer that was on the great Tucker Carlson show uh, has been fired, I think, by Google subsequent to that. And, uh, and, and, and with the buried lead and when they did it, they, they've done 11, 11 internal investigations between the time he first came public in June, I think it was June 4th or 5th, to the time they let go. In six weeks, they've done 11 eternal investigations. There is something deeply wrong with what's going on. And this thing in Moscow is nothing to laugh at. Uh, Joe Allen. Yes, yeah, Steve. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty ironic, but maybe not unexpected that a month after uh, Blake Lemoyne went on Tucker talking about the uh, language model Lambda at Google being sentient and that one should think of it as a child, perhaps think of it as having rights of its own. And then a month later, you have a robotic system breaking a kid's finger during a chess match. Now, my first question when seeing that kid get his finger broken is why did that robotic arm come equipped with the strength that could break bones? And secondly, why was it programmed to grab something whenever, uh, you know, someone, whenever anything unexpected happened, which is what the Russian Chess Federation has said? Uh, you know, one of the big questions in robotics, in any autonomous system is, who will be responsible when an accident happens? If a, an autonomous car hits someone, who is held liable? Well, in this case, it's the kid who got his finger broken because no, he broke the it's, rules. It's, it's, it's shocking. They said the kid's of the fault, and how did, your question is the question has to be answered. This is deeply, deeply dangerous, because you're talking about you know the eight-year-old uh, sentient human, like an eight-year-old, or you're talking about the robot playing chess, that's not what they, they got things so much more sophisticated going on right now. I want to leave this. You're going to be back at five. 
the great Isaac Asimov, and people think this is just all science fiction. I mean, he was a serious writer and a serious thinker. What is his first rule of robots, sir? Uh, the, the first rule of the first law of robotics is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. And I mean, that kid getting his finger broken, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There have been many people killed by these systems, whether it be industrial robots or autonomous weapon systems that went off by accident. So this is very, very serious. And in particular, who is responsible when that happens? And how does it even happen? Uh, Joe Allen will be back with us at five o'clock. We've got the shows are already packed to, tonight to, to come back on. We've got so much to go through. It's such a serious week. All the economic data, the reports, earnings, the tee up. It's a, we're 100 days out starting on this Sunday. I think it's this Sunday, right? The 31st is 100 days uh, until Judgment Day, 8 uh, November, the year of our Lord, 2022. A day, as you know, from the day of uh, high noon on the 20th, of January of 2021, we have been focused on to kill this administration in the crib, this illegitimate regime. So we got a lot, we're gonna pack it in. Joe Allen, real quickly, how do people get to you between now and the time you're back here at five? Uh, you can find me at Gitter and Twitter, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, or my website, jobot.xyz, and of course, warroom.org. Okay, I wanna thank everybody, the team in uh, Denver, fantastic. We got so much to get through this afternoon. It's gonna be packed every show. Do not miss or watch it. Go up to get her, watch the clips. Just stay up uh, uh, in touch. The content's coming out fast and furious all the time. We've got so many important topics. All signal, no noise. That's the one thing I will commit to you. We're not chasing rabbits here. Okay. See you back here at 5 o'clock in the world. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.